Welcome to Reframe Your Life, a podcast for women who want to live and lead their lives differently and explore topics relevant to all areas of their life. Hello and welcome to episode 36. Today we're talking all about feminism and International Women's Day because it is International Women's Day this week, which is awesome. And I'm super excited. Okay, so hi, Sandy. Of course, I'm excited. (laughs) Hi, Joanne. (laughs) Thanks for acknowledging me. (laughs) (laughs) But super excited because for the first time on Reframe Your Life, we have a guest who's come back for a second time around. By popular demand. <laughs> we have Karen Sian. Hi, Karen. Hello, Joanne. How are you? I'm very well, thank so you. So I'm going to go with a slightly different bio today of Karen. Karen Sian holds a Bachelor of Science from the University of Waterloo, a Bachelor of Education from Western, and a Master of Arts in Leadership from Royal Roads. And that's where both Sandy and I we're lucky enough to meet Karen. So we're friends, we hang out, and we work in similar circles, and it's awesome. Karen is currently a professor at Conestoga College's School of Business, where she develops and teaches courses around social innovation, leadership and entrepreneurship, and effective civic engagement. She's also a trained graphic recorder, specializing in translating organizational conversations into illustrated documents. And she is a principal partner in her company, The Talent Business Solutions, which is a local startup focused on increasing organizational capacity. And what else can I say? Oh, currently chair of the board of Waterloo Public Library and on the board of directors of Community Justice Initiatives and a Rotary Club of Waterloo member. Whew, I can take a breath now. Wow, <laughs> you forgot to mention it has a new member in her family. Yeah, and is a new mum. <laughs> yes. <laughs> has two lovely children in their 20s and a new puppy. So, <laughs> so Karen, welcome. We're pleased to have you here. We're enjoying an evening together and we thought, you know what? What better topic to have a conversation with well, because one of the main things I forgot to mention is was a, a serving councillor of the uh, city of Waterloo. So what better conversation um, to chat about than feminism in this day and age? Because I'm sure you've had to uh, um, had a few conversations around feminism in, in your both professional life and personal life. And it's funny. I don't know. I'm going to throw it open to you guys. But when I think of feminism... I kind of get like a funny like, ooh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. Like it, it kind of goes to the negative, and I'm reframing it to a positive. But what has your, been your journey with feminism over the years? I guess. Uh, well, I think there's the extreme feminists that burn the bras. Yeah, so <laughs> you know, I'm a little bit ahead of you in in my journey, and I remember that. I remember not wearing a bra. Fortunately, I could pull it off, so <laughs> I could get away with it. I think maybe there should be like a bumper sticker, like old feminists wear bras or something like that. I don't know. Um, you know, the whole not shaving your legs, not shaving your armpits, all of that body hair thing. That's what I used to think of about feminism, to be honest. There was that paradigm of 
of being really, um, it was a whole look. Like yeah. it was almost like I felt like you could pick a feminist out in a crowd. What do you think? What I don't know if you experienced that, Karen. Yeah, I remember those. I think I'm, I'm in between maybe yes. <laughs> in, in the timeline. But I remember that being a bit of a stigma when it comes to being a feminist. And and maybe leads to that negative mm. connotation around the word. And I have to say that, um, you know, I, I grew up as a very privileged young white woman in a very middle-class environment with, um, you know, a, a two professional parents who provided us with everything we could possibly want. Like everything, everything was a smooth go from day one. And it wasn't until... I was well into my 40s um, that I, I came face to face with the, the realization that I was a feminist because I hadn't really had to think about it before. And and, and a couple things I think happened is A, I, sw- I switched careers out of education into, um, it, you know, education is a predominantly female environment where um, people, you know, women just excel within an environment because almost everybody's a woman and it doesn't matter. Um, into a political environment where all of a sudden I, I realized that uh, things were different for women <laughs> than they were for men. And I, it was a bit of a slow realization. Um, and, but boy, when it hit me, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Mm. And I got to tell you, I haven't looked back. So um, mm. my definition of feminism is, is perhaps different than somebody else's. And I believe that there is a spectrum of definitions that people hold around what it means to be a feminist and what feminism is and, and what feminists should do and, and how they should behave. But I think it's, um, I think there's room for all of that. I think, I don't think it's up to people to judge what other people think being a feminist is because there's all sorts of, you know, layers and you know, complexities to it. Um, but, and I, and I'm still, I'm still, you know, at my age right now, still working my way through, what it means to be a feminist and where I'm going to draw lines and what I'm going to stand up for and what I'm going to speak out about. Right. I think that's awesome that you said that. It's not It's not to anyone else to judge. It's not to anyone else to define what it means for you either. Feminism to me is about enabling women to thrive in whatever environment they're in, enabling them to grow, enabling them to develop, enabling them to, you know, stand up, have their voice, and yeah. supporting women. I saw, it just, I saw this woman on... Instagram this week and she does a lot of work rallying women in the US and I follow her on Instagram and she had posted a picture and she looked great in the picture and somebody wrote that you know you you look really good and she said um yeah thank you botox and then she wrote hashtag feminist fail <laughs> and I thought, oh, wow, that's really interesting because this woman is doing so much to rally women. And mm-hmm. it, that kind of, is that a fail? No, probably not. That's, you know, yeah. for whatever reason, she feels that she needs to have a certain look maybe to be successful in what she does. I don't know. But I think that just goes to that conversation what does a feminist look like? Yeah, I guess you can have Botox and everything else. It doesn't have to be hairy legs and Birkenstocks, you know? <laughs> we spend a lot of time telling women. Women spend a lot of time telling women what they should look like. Yeah. And to me, that's um, it's so enormously damaging. 
to, uh, from a very young age, from a very young age, people, you know, just the expectations about what you should. I hate, it, honestly, I hate the word should. Mm-hmm. I, it's what I don't use in my own vernacular. It's what I don't use in my normal conversation. I'm using it here kind of sarcastically um, because there's so much should around this conversation, around being a feminist that um, and being a woman mm-hmm. that I think needs to be busted a little bit. And I, and I think back, listening to you talk about that, Sandy, I, I think back to Hillary Clinton's campaign in which she was completely kitted out with full hair and makeup at all times, which is not her. It's not her at all. And I haven't seen her with makeup on since. And, and I thought to myself, what, what society do we live in that we have created this notion of what what potentially one of the greatest female leaders in our time should look like in order to be electable. And that kind of stuff is at the core of the the stuff. I think that there's different ways to be a feminist, but there's, I think there at this moment in time, I really feel that I have a responsibility to be a vocal advocate for women and for feminists. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference right now at this moment in time in my life. Because I can, and because I've never been felt so strongly about how bad the situation is. I hear you. I have a granddaughter now, so it's very different for me, even from having my own daughter. Because you know, let's face it: when you, when I, well, not when you, when I had my kids, I was just on survival mode. I was just tired, and <laughs> I think as a grandparent, you have you're having more sleep, and and. Um, and you have a lot of different life experience behind you. And I, I look at her and, and my daughter's asking those questions. How do I raise a daughter? Like what, what do I teach her about gender, about being female? If she chooses to identify being female, which is, you know, something that I didn't even really think about, but is something that I think parents now think about more. And it's, it forces me to look at feminism and what it means to be a woman on a, a deeper level, I think, looking at, at that legacy, that grandchildren generation for me, mm-hmm. definitely. And sons. Yes. What does it mean to raise a feminist son? And I, and I, and I know I have. He may not know it yet, but I know I have. Because I see it in him, and he and he does things, and I make he makes choices that tell me that it's in him. It's in him about he understands what it means. Um, so it's it's interesting to see that he's only twenty one years old and still kind of emerging. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see watch as the years go by. But it's um, yeah, it's interesting. And raising a daughter who's a little bit older than that, she actually said. Um, the, the night of the election, she actually, she said, you know, I've never felt like I was ever discriminated against. And I, and I, and I probably think it's true because she was, um, I don't think she's ever experienced discrimination yet. <laughs> but when we watched those, the election results from the American election, she was devastated. And, and, seeing, and seeing the things that were happening, she was offended by this notion of, uh, she understood. She had a real firsthand experience as to what it what what that discrimination piece looks like so that kind of that woke her up a little bit but it's it's interesting to think i think i really believe that uh, we've been really 
lazy and complacent around feminism in our society because um, you, 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 you have to, you, you, I think it's natural to think, oh gosh, we fought these battles and we won them. So, okay, let's fight the next thing. Well, we think we've learned is that mm-hmm. you, you have to keep the pedal to the metal and keep the awareness up and the education up and the, and, and, and that, that, um, that creative friction up around these issues in order to keep them alive and healthy and, and um, people's radar. Otherwise they slip away and you find yourself reading uh, a, a, an article from a lawmaker in a, an American state in 2017 saying that uh, equal pay for equal women gets in the way of men fulfilling their destiny as breadwinners in a family. Stuff like that. So okay. <laughs> I'm just going to have a sip of my wine <laughs> now. Wow. I read, I read that this morning. I, yeah, I read that this morning. I thought, wow. There, there are people out there that still that still subscribe to those notions of of fundamental inequality based on gender and sex. Wow. Yeah. So, what do you say to people who who don't understand why? Well, the women's march, for example. I mean, I I know people who have said to me flat out that they're they can't get too involved with the women's advocacy because they they have sons or their husbands feel like they've been discriminated against or whatever and I, I you know I have male friends that joke about it about being discriminated against and one of them I actually said to them tell me when tell me when you were discriminated against tell me and he couldn't he couldn't right it's just become a bit of a joke yeah. around oh yeah blah 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 my answer to that is pretty simple it's not a pie it's not because you got a bigger piece, I get a smaller piece, and because now I'm going to get a bigger piece, you're going to get a smaller piece. Actually, I don't see it that way. And I, and I, I feel that um, people who are used to having everything, when, when, they have, when they are in the situation they're experiencing equality, they feel like they're oppressed. So if they're used to having the, all the pie, and suddenly <laughs> there's more people around, and maybe, you know, you're sharing things, and you know, whatever, you feel like instead of enjoying the pie you have, um, you are feeling like you've been ripped off because your pie isn't as fruitful. Yeah. And I, and I, and I just, I, I just, I, that's not the way I'm wired. I don't see it that way. I don't, I hope I don't live my life that way. I hope I don't, I don't um, subscribe to that notion of I'm going to protect what I have so you can't have it. I think that's one of the, I think it's kind of a big dividing line in society <laughs> is that there's people who do think that do think that way and other people that don't. Um, we're all in this big mess together, and and I think that if if we look at it as I want more so you can have less, and if you're getting more and and oh my God I have less, it's terrible. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. I think that in North America it's more subtle for men. I don't know that they recognize the inequality that, you know, I've been, I've worked in Cambodia about, I've been there three times in the last two years working with a group of women. And when you work in a country where if you're a boy, you get an education, 
And right, it's really if, obvious. Yes, and if you're a girl, you get an education if there's anything left. And right. after all the boys in the family have been educated, then you can put yourself through school, but you put your brothers through school, right. you know. And so it's it's much clearer that there is the, this gender gap in that way. I think a lot of people look at women in North America and they don't see the inequality in the same way. Right. And so they don't recognize it. Right. And I, and I, I probably didn't either until I was mm -hmm. in a, in a, in a work environment that really illustrated it for me. Mm -hmm. And I, I've had the strangest experiences and I've, and I've worked with people, I've worked with men who saw it and did everything they could to, to diffuse it. And I've worked with other men that were absolutely oblivious to it. And um, I, I have very, I have really strong memories of sitting at a table and having a conversation and, and offering an idea and being looked at like, well, that's nice. And then, um, you know, two or three people later, a, a man puts forward the exact same idea and suddenly it's the greatest idea on the planet. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, wow, that's kind of interesting. I've also been at a table like that and I put forward an idea that gets kind of, you know, glossed over and then a man puts forward idea. And then later, um, right at that time, some another gentleman stepped in and said, you know, that, that reinforces what Karen said. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, that guy's tuned into this yes. dynamic of, mm -hmm. you know, and so I thanked him for that later. And he's like, wow, I hadn't even thought about it. So I, mm. it, it's, it's something in our awareness that we need to pay attention to as to how we engage women at the boardroom table and I think it does change it was interesting and I'm glad that you said your daughter hasn't faced discrimination um and just got me reflecting about my kind of my earlier years mm -hmm. you know and I, and I probably didn't realize I faced it until I got into my working career as well and I mean when I met Actually, I was on a mind side of three women and a hundred men, right? And and I was in my early twenties, and I had attitude for sure. I had to because of, right. you know, and I was young, and I don't know as much as I do now. But I had to have attitude to get through stuff that was going on at that time. But I remember distinctly the first time I ever stood up because I just accepted it all. We had a consultant come in, and he pulled me in, and he said, "Oh, meet Joanne. Joanne does all the shit work here." I, I was shocked. I was like, so I walked out. And the first time I had real courage, I went back in after and had an in-depth conversation about yeah. why he said that, Yeah, you know, why he said that. And it took him a while to realise that he'd said it, number one. He'd said it, number one. And, oh, but I wasn't degrading you in any way. I don't know. I, um, I, just, I, I, I just want to support... Like you said, we're, we're privileged, we've had a good life, we have a good life. Um, I want to do what I can to support other women. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading this beautiful LinkedIn post after President was of the United States was elected. Hashtag 45. That's what I'm calling him. I refuse to say oh! <laughs> <laughs> What's 40? Oh, right. Hashtag 45. Hashtag 45. And, and one person said, you know, if... If you want to do something but you're not sure, you want to start supporting in your own way feminism and you're not sure what to do, just go out and support women businesses. Go out and buy from women who own businesses, for example, because you know, that 
helps the fabric, the social fabric of, of the community. Something I'm trying to do. Yeah. One thing I'm trying to do. Well, I spend a lot of years in a religious system oh, that did right. not value women at all. And I look back now and first of all, I can't believe that I, I participated in it willingly. <laughs> and I did, even though I didn't agree with it, because there was kind of this mindset that unity was more important than, you know, um, that this is how it would be explained. You know, it's more important that we are all on the same page and that we all agree and you don't want to con add conflict or rock the boat or blah, blah, blah. I can remember that actually being a, I, I a vote. I would really bad at that. Yeah. Ooh, I would have been really bad at that. Well, my, it was my husband's <laughs> paycheck, so that yeah. kind of yeah, put a real tension yeah. on things for us. But that, that still exists. Like yeah. it, and in that same church that we were a part of, they still do not allow women in leadership. They still believe that women do not have the um, authority over men is what they would say, which now I, I was saying to Joanne earlier when we were talking about the podcast, I would refuse to go in the doors of, of an organization that, that had those beliefs. I just, I couldn't do it. And I, I can't believe that I did do it. And it gives me some understanding, some, I guess, um, grace or, you know, I understand that a lot of women are part, you know, have been brought up to see themselves in that way. And it's a mindset and it's hard to break out of. And I think that there's a lot of people in North America who have that view of women and are part of systems, um, not just fundamentalist Christians, but, you know, other religions as well. And it's really challenging, you know, to live that with that kind of cognitive dissonance, you know, mm -hmm. where you are living something that you don't believe mm -hmm. and yet can't get out of it you mm -hmm. feel kind of stuck in it so um i think my journey as a feminist really came from really took hold in my life in leaving that system and and finding my voice and saying i don't have to be a part of this you know there's a way forward from here and you know like you having the courage it, it it can take courage for women to to get to that point where you say, I don't buy into this anymore. And there and you have to confront a lot of things. You have to be willing to lose something and face that reality where I could lose something in this process. It's interesting to think of our political spectrum here, because I know that played a big role in the in the American election, is that there were people that could not in a million years imagine a female president i know just flat out so in canada like i think it's interesting our spectrum i don't think you could be a member of the ndp and not be an avowed feminist right right and and i and i believe that oftentimes the conservative base struggles with this notion of feminist but they've got a, a female leader right now in, in the interim leader and they, they may have a female leader 
in in for their party after this next leadership <laughs> thing. They may be the they may be the ones that actually break this mm. this cycle, which I think bodes well for the overall Canadian picture, right? In terms right. of um, um, we're not as rabid around these things as as other places are. Um, and then, of course, if if you're in the middle, then you tend to lean, lean I think, lean towards the the feminist side. But I remember, I remember a number of years ago encountering a woman who identified as a conservative, and I remember the question. Um, I remember asking her, "Do you, are you a feminist?" And she said, "No." And you know, full on career, everything involved in politics, everything. She said, "No, I'm not a feminist." And that was one of those trigger moments for me. I'm like, "Well, what are you hiding from?" Mm-hmm. I thought I didn't say it to her. I'm like, "Well, that's interesting." I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> what on earth is she thinking? And what do you? What is she hiding from? And then that made me think. Okay, what am I? Why am I not saying it more? You know, um, stridently in terms of why aren't I more kind of you know forward with this notion of a feminist? And um, and that kind of was one of those things that got me on that way. And I also, you know, you know, I look. I was a stay-at-home mom for ten years. Ten, gosh, ten years work. Part, like I, I prioritized staying home with my children. That's not a real feminist thing to do for a lot of people. Um, but I actually think my definition of being a feminist is about is all about choice, whether it be about parenting, employment, reproduction, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. It's about me having those choices and being able to have the freedom to exercise those choices in a way that makes sense for me. And... Maybe that's not what other people's definition of feminism is, but that is definitely what mine is. Mm, I like that. Mm, I think that's a nice, simple, yeah, simple mm-hmm. definition. Nothing simple, Joanne. It's about, simple. <laughs> no, not simple, but it's about... It's so it's simple, about, it's not simplistic. No, that's right. I'm grabbing, like, what is my... Yeah, it's about choice. And yeah, okay, I want to have choice. I've made lots of choices in my life that wouldn't be down the, this is what I woman does right so i made those opposite choices so but maybe you your your choices are in line with what a feminist would have done yeah right? exactly if we're talking about the children yeah thing, the right? children yeah. thing and yeah yeah no yeah. totally yeah. but you don't like i wasn't yeah thinking but it I I, i've read i've read the term around feminists being freed from the shackles of child childbearing <laughs> Okay, that's that's one definition of exactly that, right. Yeah, and, yes. I, and I wouldn't call it that, right? Yeah, right. exactly. So, like, I, we all have our own. Everyone, I think there's a, I think there's a whole, I think there's a whole, yeah, melting pot or yes. whatever we want to call it around this notion. But I also think that there are some pretty strident pieces that uh, it's about choice, it's about equity, it's about right. Yeah, which is a definition. So advocacy yes. and equity. Yeah. And Karen, you said you. Now, I mean, you are in a privileged position of being able to have a voice um, yeah. fairly uh, broad, right? You you write, I, I, you I, I actually, I, I carry a lot of, I, I, I carry a lot of influence in that mm. community, and I feel that I really feel, I, I, I feel that it's my responsibility to not hide from that, yeah, mm. to own it and not hide yeah. from it. And so, what else do you do, or or could you share that other people could do, like our listeners? that would help them support feminism. So while Karen's thinking, (laughs) I'm going to jump in with one thing because it's something that I just finished this book. I know I've probably mentioned it in every (laughs) freaking podcast we've done. I apologize to our listeners. 
just buy it so I can stop talking about it. But the book is called If Women Rose Rooted, and it's about a, a woman's journey in in becoming herself. And a big part of the book, it's an Irish book, and the woman tells a lot of uh, Celtic myths in the book. And something that she discovered in her research in this book was how many myths and stories that are told are very masculine, very male dominated. And Celtic mythology is actually very feminine and women were very powerful. And, and the stories are, are all about women in the environment and women and fertility and women, you know, taking care of the earth. And, and there was this rich tradition of women that was, was stomped out by the church and those stories were actually rewritten to be more male and so it's something that's really been ignited in me is to find good stories about women whether in history or in mythology or stories or now. yeah or now just to find and and focus on those stories and share those stories and tell those stories because I think that's going to be very key in changing the cultural narrative is changing the stories that we tell about women. I agree, and I think I think that my um, my work has to has to focus on on building relationships between people, so connecting people, bringing people together. My theories around leadership are about that you, my job as a leader is to bring people together so they can learn from each other in some way, shape, or form through stories, through sharing their experiences, through seeing what other people do and, and experience. Um, so that's kind of what my, I think, where I'll focus my energy. And I, and I encourage people, I encourage people, A, to throw out their assumptions about what a feminist is. So it's not... You know, it's not about having, you know, hitting hairy legs. <laughs> hey, stuff. I'm all for hairy legs. <laughs> let's, just, let's just put that out there. <laughs> but I think I think that's one of the things is that we have all these silly assumptions about what this and that and everything else is. And a lot of them are rooted around women. Like they really are. And um, so test your assumptions. Bust them out. And... Another one is to, I always, one of my favorite things I do with my students is I encourage them and I show them things and I expose them to things that um, may be slightly related to what they're interested in, but stretch it in some way, shape, or form. So you, the three of us know a lot about systems thinking and stuff like that. It's, it's applicable across all sorts of fields and sectors. So I if I don't know a lot about, say, environmentalism, I want to challenge myself to go see movies about environmentalism i want to go see movies and read books and listen to podcasts about environmentalism that maybe are outside of what i'm actually interested in or if i want to learn more about people who think differently maybe i'll go uh and 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 go in a whole other direction around but like, we tend to stay in our little bubbles so bust out your bubbles mm -hmm. go meet people talk to people force yourself to to be uncomfortable and learn things that you maybe might not have ever learned before and be open to what that might look like. And that includes all those voices from the other side that make no sense to us at times, figure out why, why they think that way. Mm -hmm. 
doesn't mean you have to agree with them, but at least you'll have a, an understanding of perhaps where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would say mm-hmm. in terms of, of um, taking positive action and focus on the positive. Like, honest oh, to goodness, I, you could spend, couldn't you spend your entire life just glued to CNN? Oh my. No. And watching, watching <laughs> no, <Karen>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, watching every move the man makes, but I just, you know. Oh, I know. It, 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 it wore me down in the first week. And so I was getting very anti and you're right. Keep it to the positive. I think mm-hmm. keep it to the positive. Yes, you want to challenge stereotypes. For me, something I've tried to do and I know had the courage to stand up for what I believe I rightfully deserve. I yeah. think we're a little bit like the frog in the boiling water, uh-huh. though. When you were saying that, I, I was reminded of this interview I listened to with a uh, a man who used to be a woman, has gone through this um, you know, transgender journey, and and he said that after his transition, he would go into a room and he would say something and kind of like Karen's experience, what you were talking about, your experience as a woman at the boardroom table, he would experience this as a man and he had to adopt this mantra where he'd be saying in his head, oh yeah, I'm a man now. (laughs) I'm a man now. People, when I say something, people respond differently and they treat me differently. And he said it was so, it was such a huge experience for him to feel like to experience what it's like to be a man he had no idea that that male privilege that that we hear about until he he actually was on the recipient a recipient of that and so i think as women sometimes we don't even realize that we are in these roles that we you know that we have to confront or that we have to stand up for ourselves until something really huge happens or it's it's we're kind of back against the wall but i think it it's happening all the time and we're we're dealing with it and not even aware of it another, another thing my business my um consultancy that i work with a, a lot of talented people in one of my my reasons including joanne joanne and i do some work through there too one of the reasons i started that business is because what i was observing with a lot of my professional female friends is that they kept on getting asked to do things for free. Right. And as was I, right? So here, can we just high five right now? (laughs) (laughs) Do this for free. Oh, ask so-and-so I have, I'll tell you a story and, and, and I don't think she'll mind me telling a story, but I have a friend who's very talented. She works, does a lot of work in the arts community and in, in our local, in our local area. And she started off a long time ago, working at the ground level with all sorts of cool projects in Waterloo region. And she always was there as the kind of the only woman in the room. And she always was stuck with the secretarial duties, the let's order coffee, this and that. And over the course of time, it became so ingrained in the way that business was done with, within these groups uh, that she, that she really was bypassed when it became time to talk about who's going to be in decision-making roles, who's going to be this and this. And I watched it happen over the number of years, and it made me mad. It made her mad, too. Mm-hmm. And, and she's one of my, one of my team members. And, and it's limiting to a woman's career when they're always relegated to, oh, let her look after that organizational piece. We're going to be over here 
talking about the big picture right. items. And I, and I see it happen all the time. I see it happen all the time that women get asked to do things for free. They get stuck with the shit jobs. Mm-hmm. They, they don't get taken as seriously when it comes to the glory um, that is, is doled out at the end of a big project. They're not at the front of the line. They're behind everybody. That's got to end. That's got to end. And well, so one of my goals with our with my business is that I I get good paying gigs for our team to do work with not for profits and municipalities and businesses in order to make sure that these women who I know are really good at what they do get paid to do the work that they would have been doing anyways. Good for <laughs> and, you. It, and it bugs me. It really bugs me that we have to fight for that. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're not going to do it for free thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. that's what the feminism is about like advancing women and I've said before you know buy from a business owned by women take a a a junior female along to a senior meeting just expose Mm -hmm. expose them to the world of these decision making tables or whatever women Um, women lead with one hand up and one hand behind you yeah and you always pull someone up behind you yeah always Mm -hmm. and let's stop Bagging other women. Let's not compare ourselves to other women. Let's embrace and celebrate women who are out there being successful and use it as inspiration for ourselves. And successful in different ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Successful as stay-at-home moms. Moms, absolutely. And successful part-time careers and volunteer careers and successful full-time corporate careers. The entire spectrum of what, of what women do. Don't devalue it. Celebrate it. Have a look around the boardroom tables, profit or non-profit, and see how many women are there. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. Like political office. Yes. Every every office in the honestly, in my if I had my way, (laughs) (laughs) it would be a full on. It would be full on women in elected office. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I we guess, need to encourage women to go into politics. Yeah, and I got to tell you, there are, that's hard. a whole other topic. Yes. And I think we actually did talk about it before, but it's um, it's 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 not a female friendly environment. Yeah. At all. No. Yeah, it's it's hard. Um, I think uh, if you want to give back and not sure how or support, support a young woman, mentor a young woman. Mm-hmm. You know, be there. To, to talk to them and help them. I know uh, your daughter's got some mentors in her life that aren't you, right? you know, um, and that's important. Yeah. That's important. I agree. And I, I think millennials are doing a really good job of supporting each other. And in, in mm. I, like I see this, you know, in social media that they're very aware of not putting each other down in those things you were talking about, the choices that they make. There's kind of a protection Mm -hmm. that I I see anyway, where, you know, somebody will say something and it's, you know, whether it's body shaming or whatever it is, there seems to be this kind of pushback and saying, let's not go there. Like, let's not jump on that, you know, thing about how, how women look and let's not comment on it. And let's not put them down. Let's Mm -hmm. celebrate women in all different who look different in all different ways look at Beyonce can we can we talk about Beyonce I think that it's like I I just we just are going to say Beyonce 
Okay, that's <laughs> it. Think of Beyonce and Adele, right? <laughs> yes. Both of them are, yeah. are shining examples yeah. of how powerful. Yeah. Well, yeah. Alicia Keys, right? She, Alicia Keys. She, yeah. Yeah. Isn't she just yes. awesome? Yeah. Yeah. This positive female role model. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, International Women's Day is uh, this week as we launch this podcast and uh, it's a global movement celebrating social, economic, cultural and political achievements of women all around the world. Um, started in the 1900s and I love their, their theme this year is um, hashtag be bold for change. So we've been talking about mm-hmm. some things our listeners can do and that we can do um, to support uh, women and each of us, women, men, or they say on their website, non-binary people can join forces and we can be a leader in our own spheres and absolutely challenge the status quo, challenge assumptions, challenge the language that you're hearing and um, purposefully collaborate to support and enhance and advance women. And But I love that. So we're going to see the Be Bold for Change. Yeah, and people can check out their local cities municipalities yeah. i know in in my city in hamilton there's a week long there's events every day for women um this week so you know i just encourage people to get involved look and see what's out there and and show up just show up and and um, be part of the the conversation yeah that's awesome so karen can we just remind people how they follow you on twitter at karen cian at karen cian k-a-r-e-n-s-c-i-a-n <laughs> Awesome. Well, it's been wonderful. It's been so good to have you. It's been great. Now we can say we have repeat guests. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. All right, Life Reframers, enjoy your journey of feminism around the world. See you next time. Hi, Life Reframers. Did you enjoy our episode today? If so, please leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. Also, check us out on all our social media avenues via Reframe Your Life dot ca